And tonight, an update in the search for a missing mother from Venice. Police tell Ada on your side they believe they have recovered the body of 44 year old Tracy Lynn Riker. Ada on your side's Justin Shaker joining us now live from Venice with much more on this story. Justin. Before noon today, Rod, Venice police say law enforcement dive teams located a green Nissan Xterra in this large pond behind me. The chief tells Ada on your side they believe they found the missing mom's body inside that vehicle. We have people that are going all over the area to, you know, parks and beaches. That's what Christian Riker told Eight on Your Side Tuesday about the desperate search to find his missing wife and mother of four, 44-year-old Tracy Lynn Riker. Investigators aren't saying what led them to this large pond close to Knight's Trail in Venice. But police say a joint effort from the Sarasota County Sheriff's Office, Northport PD, FWC and Venice PD located a green Nissan Xterra with the body believed to be Tracy Riker. She had not been seen in 11 days. Back on September 30th, her husband says she left home without her wallet and cell phone. He explained how she'd been in a manic state, leaving family and friends even more worried. We are concerned about what mindset she's in and she didn't get a whole lot of sleep the couple days prior to that wasn't eating a whole lot today the family has released a statement saying they're grateful for the outpouring of support and donations of both time and resources in the search for Tracy the outcome of the investigation is shocking and devastating and we wish this could have been investigated sooner to bring needed closure for the family The defendant's commission of these four murders over a 10-day period is one of the worst killing sprees in the history of this state. Skin them sometimes, uh, slit them, slit them all the way open. Uh, I'm here looking for the spirits of anybody that still remains. I have a device in my hand. If you would like to talk to it, please come forward. Tell me your story. Maybe I should have killed four or five hundred people, then I would have felt better. Then when I felt like I really offered society something. You are listening to Serial Spirits, the podcast. All right, guys, welcome back to another episode of Serial Spirits, the podcast. It is me, your host, Brendan Shane. With me, as always, is the beautiful and the lovely. Annie Weaves, how are you, Shea Bay? I'm okay. We're okay today. We're okay today. We've taken a deep breath, and it's another day. It is another day. It's 2020, and things just keep rolling downhill. So we can't wait for January 1st of 2021. We hope things turn around. We kind of do, and I guess that is... Um, a really good way to kind of get into this week's episode. You know, it's October, and we would normally use these episodes to bring to you our scariest, most gruesome stories. But this week is going to be a little different, and it's kind of because of some information that we found out today. Um, this is kind of uh, turning directions for us, I guess you would say, this week. 
Yeah, we had a whole episode planned to do, and yeah, we found out some news today, and it was something that we posted or we talked about on Friday on our Flashback Friday episode. We talked about a woman that I knew years ago. I was friends with her, and uh, she was missing. Well, they found her car and her today in a lake in her neighborhood, and she was deceased, and they don't know what the story is behind this case yet. I mean... It could have been an accident, it could have been suicide, it could have been foul play. We don't know. There's no there's no answers yet. So we're just kind of sitting on that news and waiting to hear what we can about this story. But it kind of like, you know, Annie brought up a good idea, and I'll kind of let her explain it a little bit, where we wanted to go with, with what we want to talk about today. So on top of Tracy's disappearance and now the terrible news that she has been found deceased, Aside from that, today is October the 10th, and it is World Mental Health Awareness Day. And mental health is something that I think we're all thinking about more and more right now. You hear a lot about it. I think COVID-19 has kind of brought out the best and the worst in people. It is more appreciated, I guess, now to talk about mental health awareness and how it has affected all of our lives. I won't lie, Shay. You know, since Rory was born in December, I have struggled with postpartum anxiety. A lot of that just being a new mother, but on top of that, being a new mother during a global pandemic and quarantine, it's more important now than ever to talk to your loved ones about their mental health and your well-being. It's not a shameful thing to talk about. So with today being World Mental Health Day, we decided to backtrack to a story that I actually covered on the live show uh, several months ago with Steve Brott and talk about the disappearance of a young man and how his possible mental health instability actually led to his disappearance. But we want to send our condolences to Tracy's family to her friends and especially to her children, our thoughts and prayers are with them. This was not how we hoped this would have turned out, but uh, we are praying for the best for them. And we talk about the mental health awareness of this case because, you know, it was known for a few weeks there that something wasn't right. Something wasn't right in Tracy's life. And, you know, people were worried about her and she just up and left and nobody like I said nobody knows what the story is behind that but it has affected everybody and as Annie said you know affects everybody in different ways so we just need to be aware and be there for our loved ones and everybody deals with things differently so let's get into this story and yeah I'm kind of at a loss for words I can tell so tonight Shay we are going to discuss the disappearance of Bryce Las Pisa Today, like many days, it's quiet. This was a potential crime scene, a ground zero of sorts, a concentrated effort to find 19-year-old Bryce Laspisa. The Orange County teen was traveling home from Northern California when police found his SUV overturned. Investigators came across his laptop and other valuables when they searched the road. But as for Bryce Laspisa, he was nowhere to be found. Divers hit the water searching the lake's murky bottom for clues as rescue teams comb the area from the sky. But still, 
no answers. A thorough search, just like they did on uh, Friday. Um, they came back again today, and um, we still haven't uh, found the missing person yet. Four days later, a cyclist found a body set on fire in the same area. Condition of the body right now because of being burned, we're unable to determine who that is and uh, the coroner's gonna have to provide a positive identification for us. In a tragic coincidence, investigators determined the burned body was not Bryce. Bryce Laspisa was born in 1994 in Illinois to Mike and Karen Laspisa. In 2012, after graduating high school, Bryce and his parents moved to California where he enrolled in Sierra College and majored in art, which was both his talent and his passion. Bryce met his girlfriend Kim during his freshman year at Sierra, and they had a steady relationship throughout. Around the beginning of his sophomore year, August of 2013, Bryce's friends began to notice a change in his behavior. Bryce's roommate Sean was the first to report this change to Karen, Bryce's mother. On August 28, 2013, Sean called Karen to tell her that Bryce wasn't himself. Sean said that Bryce had broken up with Kim through a text message with little to no explanation, and he told Karen that Bryce had given away his Xbox and his trademark diamond stud earrings, which were among his most valuable possessions. He also told Karen that Bryce had been taking an ADHD medication called Vivance to stay awake for all-night video game sessions, but he had also been mixing Vivance with alcohol. According to the American Addiction Center's website, Side effects of mixing Vyvanse with alcohol can include dramatic changes in blood pressure, increased heart rate, chest pain, heart attack, stroke, seizure, euphoric episodes, aggression, memory lapses, becoming secretive and isolated, confusion, delusions, paranoia, and hallucinations. It was unclear how long Bryce had been mixing Vyvanse with alcohol, but the change in his behavior was apparent to all those closest to him. A few hours after the call from Sean, Karen got a second call, this time from Bryce himself, telling his mom that he had driven 90 miles to Kim's apartment in Chico, California. Kim spoke with Karen and voiced her concern for Bryce, stating again that he just was not himself. She had taken his keys away from him and didn't want him to drive home. Karen spoke with Bryce and he assured her that he was fine Kim gave Bryce his keys back, and he promised he would call when he made it back to his apartment. He also told his mom that there was something that he wanted to discuss with her, but he didn't go into detail on that phone call. Bryce left Kim's apartment around 11.30 p.m. At 1 a.m. on August 29th, Bryce called Karen again, and Karen assumed that he was back home. It wasn't until late that morning they discovered that wasn't at all the case. The disturbing chain of events continued with a phone call to the Las Pisa home from their insurance company to report that Bryce's car needed roadside assistance south of Sierra College, which meant that Bryce had not headed back to his apartment after he spoke with his mom at 1 a.m. Mike and Karen confirmed this with a credit card charge made from Buttonwillow, California, a few hours from their house. Bryce's parents assumed that at this point he had decided not to go back to his apartment, but to come home instead. The credit card charge was a 2A repair shop, which received a call that Bryce had run out of gas. The attendant at the station had delivered gas to Bryce on Interstate 5 and said that Bryce seemed fine at the time that he left him there. 
After hearing the circumstances, the attendant offered to go back to see if Bryce was still there. To their surprise, Bryce was in the same exact place the attendant had left him when he delivered the gas before. Karen spoke to Bryce at that time and told him to come home instead. Bryce assured her that everything was okay and that he was coming home. Hours later, Bryce still had not made it home. At 6 p.m., they filed a missing person report and the police tracked Bryce's cell phone. To their shock, he was still in Buttonwillow, only eight miles from where the gas station attendant left him. Local police were dispatched to the area where his cell phone had been pinged, and they found Bryce sitting in his car along the same stretch of road. Bryce again said he was fine, saying that he was just blowing off steam before going home. Police performed a field sobriety test, which Bryce passed, and made note that a search of the car yielded no evidence of the presence of drugs or alcohol. The police made Bryce call Karen again, which he reluctantly did, and then the police left. Several more hours passed and Bryce still had not made it home. Karen called the service station again that had delivered the gas to Bryce, telling the same attendant as before what was going on. The attendant went back again to the spot where police last saw Bryce and shockingly finds him in the same location. The attendant offers to follow Bryce until he makes it back to the interstate, which he did, and it seemed Bryce was finally on his way home. Shay, I don't know who this gas station attendant was, but thank God for this man. I mean, he went above and beyond anything that he needed to do to try to get Bryce the help that he needed at that point. It seems like he's got a lot of people in his corner because in the beginning of the story, you said his friends noticed a change in him right away and they called his mom concerned. There's not a lot of people that do that. There's not a lot of 19-year-old guys who would do that, yeah, for starters. For, they are usually joking around and busting each other's balls. But right. He's got a lot of people in his corner, it seems. I mean, something definitely bizarre is going on. You're sitting in the same spot on the stretch of highway all day for hours and hours and hours and you don't move. like Right, just blowing off steam. It, I think it was obvious at that point that there was something going on. Again, he had not mentioned to his mom in this phone call what bothered him, what he wanted to talk about. But apparently he had mentioned it to Sean as well, his roommate. There was just something going on. Everybody knew there was something going on with him. They just couldn't put their finger on it. But Bryce seemed fine. He kept saying that, you know, there was nothing wrong. The police performed the field sobriety test. They said at that point he was fine. He was alert. He was laughing. He seemed as if everything was perfectly fine. And of course, he's an adult, so they have no reason to hold him there or believe anything besides what he's telling them. So they don't know how long he was taking this this drug to stay up all night for these video game sessions. Was he taking the drug because he wanted to stay up all night and play these video game sessions? Or was it just because he just couldn't sleep? I didn't find anywhere where it said if that had been a prescribed drug, because you know, that's something that, I mean, it's prescription. You're not buying that over the counter. So he was getting it from somewhere, whether it was prescribed to him or he was buying it from another location. But the side effects of mixing those ADHD drugs with alcohol is absolutely detrimental to your health. Yeah, that seems like, uh, I don't know, something when you get to that age, a lot of people do that kind of stuff and they, they take these drugs to stay awake all night and study or they just, I don't know, it just, it's just something that's a trend. Let's get back into the story after we take a short break.
Hey guys, I'm Jerry. And I'm Tracy. We are the host of Hillbilly Horror Stories. What we do every week is we tell you mostly paranormal stories, and then we throw in a couple of uh, unsolved mysteries, maybe a little bit of true crime if it's creepy enough. And the beauty of this is that Tracy doesn't know the show, correct? This is correct. Never do. So then what happens when you don't know the show... I'm just as surprised as anybody else is. And that's the beauty of what our show is. We basically get the same reactions out of Tracy as what the listener at home is getting. And I think that's been a success to our show so far. Yeah, I think it works. We also use our show to promote mental health awareness and suicide awareness every show. So we get the added bonus of trying to help people out while you get to listen to paranormal shows. Amen. And that's what's important to us. So please subscribe to Hillbilly Horror Stories wherever you listen to your other podcasts. I used to feel alone, awkward, and self-conscious. I felt as if I was walking down an endless road leading nowhere. I suffered from deep depression, and I couldn't shake the pain. Soon I would catch myself having thoughts of suicide. I ached in pain for someone to come and help and tell me everything's alright. As I drifted off into my daily thoughts of emptiness, someone stepped in and reached out. They told me they were there for me. I later realized in a world this big, there will always be someone to confide in. I'm so thankful someone came to my rescue and made me feel loved. You do not have to suffer alone. Be the difference in someone's life and don't let another beautiful life be wasted. Don't wait until it's too late. Know the signs. Give light to someone in need. If you know someone who is suicidal, call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 800-273-TALK. You are listening to Serial Spirits, the podcast. Over the next several hours, Bryce called his parents several more times to reassure them that he was okay. His parents asked him to tell them what landmarks were around him when he called, just to kind of verify where he was and that he was in fact on his way home. But Bryce seemed reluctant to do so and just said that he didn't see anything of note around him. At 2.09 a.m. on August 30th, Bryce called home and spoke to Karen, saying that he was too tired to drive anymore and was pulling over for the night. This was the last time that Karen would speak with her son. At 8 o'clock the next morning, the California Highway Patrol arrived at the last piece of home to tell them that their 2003 Toyota Highlander had been found wrecked and abandoned near Castaic Lake, two hours north of their home. The vehicle was found just off an access road to the state recreation area near the lake's boat access road. The back window of the Highlander had been broken from the inside and blood was found on the passenger side headrest and back seat. Bryce's phone and laptop were still in the car and his backpack and wallet were laying outside near the broken window. Bryce was nowhere to be found. Upon finding the wreckage, Hundreds of deputies and volunteers gathered to begin a large-scale search of the area, fearing that Bryce was injured and had set out for help. Sadly, after searching for two days, no further evidence of Bryce's whereabouts was found. Nine days after the accident, bloodhounds were brought to the scene and tracked Bryce's scent across a dam on the lake and then down toward Castaic Road to the direction of a busy truck stop. Castaic Lake was searched with sonar, but two days of sweeping the lake brought no further evidence. To this day, no sign of Bryce Laspisa has been found. Shay, there are so many theories about what could have happened to Bryce. Number one being that 
I think authorities kind of jumped to the suicide theory. Bryce had gone to this place that was secluded, that was so far from where he should have been. He's near this lake. Their first instinct was that he could have gone to one of these dams and jumped and committed suicide. One of the red flags was something earlier in the story that you said that he gave away his Xbox, which he'd been staying up all night playing video game sessions. He's something he loved. He's given away his prized possession earrings. He gave it's away. It's a big red flag. Yeah. So something, and that's what they say a lot. A lot of people when they commit suicide, they just start, you know, when they plan on doing it, they start giving stuff away. Slowly. And he broke up with his girlfriend. And he broke too. up with his girlfriend right. too. So all these weird chain of events happen. But he took kind of a weird, I mean, the story's bizarre, you know, and how long did it take to get home from where he lived normally? Was it four hours? California's a big state. It takes a long time to get a lot of places. I don't know. It's. It seems to me that he went well out of his way to commit suicide. You know, you could come up with a, a number of theories here. Like he, he went to a truck stop, somebody picked him up and murdered him. He went like you said, and went to the dam and jumped off the dam and killed himself. He was involved in a, in a, in a crash and somebody wanted to take him to the hospital and he refused and he deliriously stumbled somewhere and and died. I mean, and they just, you know, overlooked his remains because it's happened before, you know, people have used search dogs and they've gone to these areas, found all this evidence and did not find any remains. And then maybe like a hundred, 1500 yards from where they were searching, you know, this person was found. Right. Well, you basically hit on two of the other main theories that the police and family kind of said. The police also said, you know, he was an adult. And if he was having problems in his life and he wanted to disappear, he has the right to do so. He was in close proximity to this kind of major hub truck stop, I guess. And so from the direction that the bloodhounds left across this dam towards that truck stop and then they lose his scent they kind of said maybe he hopped in a truck and took off with somebody and is alive somewhere and just does not want to be found by the people that know him and there have been quote-unquote sightings there have been you know it's these sightings happen all the time when people go missing people will call and say oh well I thought I saw him at a McDonald's somewhere and there have been numerous sightings like that across the Midwest but none of those have ever panned out they have never been able to say this was definitively Bryce they were just these sightings that kind of led to nowhere well people get you know in these manic states these fugue states that they just they do stuff like this and it's hard to really pinpointed down if you're having problems in your life because one of the prime examples we can use in this situation is Robin Williams right Robin Williams was one of them people who seemed to all of us like he was the happiest guy in the world right he made people laugh that's what he loved to do and you would never guess being in a room with Robin Williams that he had problems that he was going to commit suicide and Robin Williams was he was a drunk and he was in, uh, used drugs for years and years and years. And then he got sober. And I think he was sober for like 15 or 20 something years. And he committed suicide and he hung himself from a belt on the back of his door. And there wasn't a drug in his system that was found. So it's hard to tell, you know, somebody's mental state all the time. You know, yeah, people saw changes in him. But nobody else saw the red flags who didn't know him. Like, they were like, oh, yeah, he was fine. I mean, he was laughing. He was joking around with us. Right. You know? And it's hard to 
it's hard to pinpoint something like that down. Right. The people who did know him well, like the police who stopped and said he was laughing and he was chatty and he talked to his mom. He didn't really want to call his mom. But look at it this way. The police were like, oh, he's a 19-year-old guy. He's taken this trip on his own. He just wants to be alone. He doesn't have to call home and report to mommy all the time. Yeah, and you know, my mom used to call me all the time when I was first moved out. She always wanted to call and just be like, oh, come on, mom. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm an adult. I'm doing my thing now. I'm out on my own. Leave me alone. I'm coming home. I'll be home when I get home. The theory that Bryce's family has really hoped for in all of this goes back to the uh, state that they found the Highlander in. It was obvious that it had been crashed. They don't know if he did it on purpose or if it was an accident, if he was tired and drove off of the road. There was one article that did say that it looked like as he was driving on this access road, it looked like he accelerated sharply, which led them to believe that maybe he caused the accident on purpose. But there's the blood on the passenger side, a headrest, and in the back seat. And then he kicked out the the back window. His family has hoped that he sustained some type of head trauma and has lost his memory. And that maybe somebody picked him up at this truck station and that he's alive somewhere. And he just doesn't realize that people are looking for him, which is sad, but has happened. And is cr- it's crazy even to think about it, but it's a possibility. Well, yeah, in the 21st century like that, you would think, like, if he's in the hospital, that'd be the first place you'd look and be like, yeah, you're looking for somebody who's amnesiac or, you know, somebody shows up at the hospital that doesn't know who they are. It's like, well, we got to at least tell the police, you know, maybe this person's missing. I don't know. I mean, his wallet and everything was left behind. So there was something going on. Like, he had he, no form of identification yeah, that they and, know about. And, and that's a... And that's a a huge deal right there. You know, you just walk into something, you don't know who you are. I mean, they can't identify you. I watched an old episode of Unsolved Mysteries the other day. This was probably from mid to late 1990s. And there was this story on there that I remembered seeing when it aired years ago about this woman in Washington whose husband had gone missing after leaving on a business trip. And I think they were from Washington State. And she had basically driven the entire northwestern coast trying to find this guy tracking him to these train stations that people had said they saw him at and you know this when they first aired the story there's no update well years later there's an update to it and the update is that her husband was actually watching the show when it aired he called and said what I remember of my life is way in the past and then the night that this happened. He said he was assaulted at a train station while he was on this trip. And when he woke up, he had no memory of the last few years of his life. And this story ended with them saying that this man and woman had met up again. And sadly, he had no memory of her being his wife and they went their separate ways. How terrible would that be just to have this missing, this blank space in your life? And this person saying, I know you, you're my husband. I love you. We have a life together and you have no memory of that. That's crazy to even think about that. She drove all them many miles. I mean, this is before the internet. She did. Yeah. This is before internet and train stations that they had tracked him to. 
and he can't get on like, you know, the CCTV and just type it in the computer and be like, oh, yeah, let me pull it up last night and we can rewind or whatever. It's before all that crap. And she did all that stuff. But it was a case where he was assaulted. He was probably mugged or something like that. Somebody hit him with something and he wakes up and I mean, it's it's possible that's what happened to Bryce. Right. I mean, it's totally plausible. So I really don't know. I, I don't really have any solid theory about what happened to Bryce Las Pisa. It is a an incredibly sad story and again kind of goes back to why we wanted to talk about this this week with it being World Mental Health Awareness Day. There were signs that something was going on with Bryce and ultimately that's what led to his disappearance. And it's kind of this call to action especially now with everything going on. If you recognize something going wrong with a friend or a loved one, don't hesitate to reach out to them. You can't save them, but you can reach out to them. Bryce David Laspisa was last seen August 30th, 2013 in Castaic, California. At the time of his disappearance, he was 5 foot 11, 170 pounds, with shaved red hair and blue eyes. He has a tattoo of a bull on his left upper arm and shoulder. There is still a $5,000 reward for any information in Bryce's case. If you have any information about the disappearance of Bryce Laspisa, you can call 949-292-4400 or you can send an email to findbrycelaspisa at gmail.com. That's a pretty crazy story. When I was uh, I was a kid in Lancaster, Ohio, I went to school with this this guy when we went to school our whole lives from kindergarten all the way to high school. But he had an uncle, and they presumed that his uncle died. He went missing. Years later, they come to find out that the guy faked his own death. And, I mean, I remember the court, him being sitting in court and all that. I mean, it was on the local news. It ended up being national news. And this guy was found. He was he faked his own death and he just wanted to be left alone. He didn't want to, he didn't want to be found and they found him. And there is an element in all of us right now that kind of wants to be left alone, right? I think quarantine has made us feel this way. The state of the world has made us feel this way. And so again, you know, reaching out on world mental health day. Um, I think it, it's important every day. Every day should be world mental health day, especially for those that you love. And we love you guys. And we can post some links to uh, some help. You know, we've done it before to the suicide prevention hotline. Um, if if you need any help, people are always listening. And there's people out there that want to help. We are fortunate enough that we live in a digital world. And it adds to the stress and the turmoil and the anxiety with social media norms and all this other crap that's out there. But there's also all this stuff going on now where you can reach out to a therapist or a psychiatrist or somebody to talk to. There's apps for it. And I think one of them's Better Health is what it's called. A lot of the podcasts I listen to, they advertise on it. It is, yeah. And you can schedule to talk to somebody and like there's no judgment, there's no whatever. If you need help, there's help out there. We're all dealing with some form of anxiety. We're all dealing with something being away and alone all the time, it's going to screw a lot of people up. It's it's happening to young kids, you know, kids who, who need that social interaction. It's happening. It's unprecedented times. And we don't want to see anybody struggle. We want everyone to be happy. And there's lots of help out there. There's lots of resources. If you just need to talk, just reach out to somebody. 
So Shay, that is the story of the disappearance of Bryce Las Pisa. Uh, do you have any final thoughts about anything tonight? I know this isn't a normal Halloween month story, but you and I both felt that it was important to do this when we heard about um, finding Tracy today. Yeah, as I said before, you know, I knew Tracy years ago. She dated uh, one of my good friends. And I'm fortunate enough that I've, you know, and Annie too, but I belong to, you know, the paranormal field for over a decade now. I've met a lot of great people, and that's that's where I met Tracy. I know she was a mother of four children. She loved her children. And I just want to keep, in, you know, everyone to keep in mind, we don't know the story. We don't know what happened. We weren't there. If you can, you go on these these forums on online and everything, just kind of keep your opinions, you know, to a minimum. Don't sit there and and throw all this accusations out there and be mean and be cruel. You know, this is a tough time for this family. So just have a little bit of respect in it because it's not our place to say anything. And lots of people in the paranormal community had posted about Tracy being missing. They had posted the missing flyers. I think even Dave Schrader did you know if if you've been in the paranormal community you know who Dave Schrader is and so you know they're grateful I'm sure to everybody who did uh, reach out and there's been a lot of love shown for Tracy it wasn't you know, this isn't the way we wanted to see it end but we hope that wherever she is now she's found peace in her journey and and the same can follow for her family yeah and our hearts go out to her children her husband and the rest of her family and her close friends. So with that being said, guys, we hope you have a good week. Reach out if you need help, and we'll see you next time. Shay and Weebs love you. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Serial Spirits Podcast. Follow us on all your social media apps, facebook.com forward slash Serial Spirits, on Twitter at Serial Spirits. Listen to us on all podcasting platforms, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, wherever you subscribe. Follow us on our mothership at ParanormalWarehouse.com. Until next time, guys, be aware and be safe. Be safe.